hidden behind closed doors. This is Beer Beer Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael. Michael, what movie are we discussing today? Today we are talking about 1972's Trouble Man, a black exploitation picture starring Robert Hooks as Mr. T. Excellent. Jason, what are we drinking? Today we're drinking Manhattan Beach Hazy IPA from Culture Brewing Company. They're a sponsor. Absolutely. Uh, they, I believe they're in Solana Beach, but you picked this up at the Manhattan Beach Tap House. Absolutely. Yep. Yes. Uh, I picked this up, uh, contacted them. Cheers, by the way. Cheers. It's a good beer. It is. This is fruity. I've been through Manhattan Beach, yep. but we had to go down there and I just reached out. And first I reached out to the Solana Beach one, not knowing where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> San Diego and, County. <laughs> and, and, and they said, hey, you know, contact... They have a whole other account. They get, put me in contact with this lady, Kelly. And Jane and I popped in. Super cool spot. It's right on Manhattan Beach. It's like this walkable little area. Cool, cool spot. Tried a bunch of beer, bought a bunch of beer. It was great fun. I decided on this. This is fruity. Like yeah. you said, I think uh, citrus. There's Great fruity. I always get that from hazy IPAs. That, yeah. Like a grapefruit taste. I get a little pineapple, too. It's like six, seven. So this is something if you're on the beach, you just crush these all day. Yeah. This is a good beer. This is good drinking beer. So thank you guys. Culture Brewing. Had a great time. We're going to go back. It's not that far. It's like every time we go to a place like this, I realize it's not that far. <laughs> it's, quite, it's kind of fun. And it's cool because you, you feel like you are much farther, at least for us. Yeah. You, know, you grew up here, so it might be different. But we like go to a place like Manhattan Beach. It's a half hour drive, but it feels like we're much farther away. It kind of feel like we're out of town in a way. It's yeah. sort of fun. No, no, like to... anytime. I mean, even when I come to the West Side, it always feels like uh, it's going to a different location or anything like that. Yeah, kind of feel like yeah. <laughs> even though I feel it's like, like I'm on vacation, eight miles away. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, man. Um, this was my pick. Yes. This is a cool movie. It is. Uh, I agree. I'd never seen it. We both have backlogs of yep. movies we can choose from, but sometimes I'll just Google. It's like the internet's great for that. And you end up on an IMDb list, B movies yeah. in the 70s. And I go, we, we could do horror movies and sci-fi movies and noir movies yeah. till the day ends. So I try to branch out. Yeah. And black exploitation, 70s, the time, they're cool. Yeah. We've got to talk about this, though. Depending on where you're reading, this movie is considered, on some people's lists, of the 50 worst movies of all time. Yes. Which is ridiculous. It is. <laughs> and then it's also on the list of the 50 best black exploitation movies of all time. I don't know how you could put this on the worst movie it's not perfect it's a solid b movie it was written and executive produced by john df black hot off shaft yes 71 shaft and it's interesting i i, I think we i talked about it briefly with you i read a critic who wrote this analysis back in 2012 on an anniversary of this movie he said you know why did shaft in 1971 take off and this movie not because i think of Robert Hooks as like Mr. T trouble that this could have been totally spun off on multiple series and it had they had money behind this they had good acting behind this he like, he's a great leading yeah, man it, it's not him Robert Hooks is awesome he's he is good looking consummate actor he had stage you know look at his IMDb page it's a long list you've seen him before absolutely great and, actor. and in this like he's he's got great suits I mean Mr. <laughs> T is impeccably dressed he's got suits for days he's a good looking guy he walks into a room and he's just confident he's yeah. owning it he commands attention it's it's he's he's awesome I'm kind of with you because I've, I've heard of this this movie is more known for the soundtrack because yes. Marvin Gaye did it and it's only it's the only soundtrack that Marvin Gaye ever did. So and it's it's awesome. Yeah. Like from the jump, yeah. you start with Trouble Man, the song they I think they play the entire song, yeah. 
this is sort of the quintessential Los Angeles car culture movie. Spot and on with that. Yeah, it starts, the way it starts is great because he's it's a, a lovely lady in a pool and, <laughs> and Mr. T comes out. She asks, will I see you again? And he says, I'm going to have to think about that girl. <laughs> and he just leaves. Yeah, <laughs> and he's somewhere along the coast because we get this great aerial shot of him driving the coast right on to Interstate 10, which I do all the time. It's kind of fun, especially, I mean, not growing up here. It's like one of those things you're kind of like, oh, that's neat. So, But he drives, like, I think up into the valley. He's, like, driving all over. You sort of follow him as he drives home to change suits and then go to his place of business, sort of like Luke Cage before Luke Cage. Because he's kind of a neighborhood guy. He solves problems. Don't know his job. He's Mr. T. That's his job. Spoiler alert before we go any further. (laughs) The car culture, you're spot on with that. And if you watch this movie, it is about driving. A big part of it is driving through everywhere in Los Angeles, from downtown to the beaches. It bookends with car drives. It does. And ladies. Yes, ladies and car drives. Pretty ladies. Mr. T is the kind of person who can walk into a place and tell a lady, let's go, and she'll leave her job. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You think about L.A., and you think about car culture, and you think about image. And that is Mr. T. Image is really important to him. You never see him break a sweat through this entire movie. His cars are impeccable. His suits, like you said, what did you say? He's got a suit to go buy suits. Exactly. (laughs) Kind of the classic masculine man. And that's why I I was thinking like, you know, you could take trouble and put it multiple times, like trouble in paradise, trouble in this. And you could have like a, you know, a long last, I was just curious. And there's not a lot of information about this movie. Like, how, how did you watch this movie? YouTube. A lot of times what I end up doing is I see a movie and then I go find out, is this going to be easily accessible for us? Because if it's not, there's not much of a point yeah. in, in saying, Jason, watch a movie you can't watch. So I found it on YouTube. There, were, Somebody did this thing, and I warned you because I started watching it, and there was this, it sounded very modern. And I was watching, somebody replaced Marvin Gaye's score with like some modern stuff. And I didn't really, really get it until somebody started rapping. Yes. And and I went, I don't think people were rapping like this in 1972. Why would you replace Marvin Gaye? I don't know. That so was You that, found it on YouTube. That's where you were watching. Yeah, I, I, there's like three major versions on YouTube. There's an original one, like you said, it looks like it's ripped from a VHS copy. Yeah, which was kind of fun. Yeah, it was right? kind of fun. But like like on my phone, it looks good. But when we watch it up on the big screen, <laughs> or even the computer screen is like, it's it's a little clunky. It's a little faded. There's the one that actually is a better print, but it, the complete soundtrack is removed, like you said. And it's kind of shocking. And then there's a third one I found that someone took a very nice print that is crystal clear that's up on YouTube. But the same thing, it's hard Don't to Don't say find. who it was because yeah. it's probably illegal. I'm sure it is. <laughs> I'm sure that it completely is. So well, I do have a question for you, and especially as a native, yeah. i got to ask you. With all the driving, is it believable? <laughs> is, I mean, because it's, it, you know, they just seem to pop up. Yeah. They get in the car, and then they're, it seems to me like they're going, like, long ways. And, it, and I know, like, for instance, we're on the west side yeah. of L.A. right now, Santa mm-hmm. Monica. And if we said, hey, let's go downtown, might be a little while, you know? Yeah. So was it believable that well, he was bouncing all over? Because it seems like he was going from here to there to all over the place. It wasn't like he was in just, I'm going to drive around North Hollywood. Yeah. He, he was like, I'm going North Hollywood downtown. And then I'm going to go over here. Well, let's talk about like some of the really quickly. He started on the west side, like in Malibu. Okay? Yeah. So he's there. 
downtown LA, they shoot at the Ace Hotel, which is used to used to be the Universal Artist Theater. It's at the Ace Hotel now. MacArthur Park, the gym is in downtown, and then Century City, Avenue Star, where Pete lives. Yeah, that's a lot of driving nowadays. You you couldn't like at the end when he's at Pete's and he gets the car. Also, he's back at the Hollywood Division. Of the uh, of the LAPD, yeah, uh, no, like, not just like that. <laughs> I, it's not possible nowadays. I don't know what it was like in the seventies. I can't imagine that traffic has only increased in time. But even during then, like, but there, scooting there, back and there's forth, more, there's all more those traffic. There, you could say there's yeah. less traffic, but there's also less lanes. Yeah. Yeah. Like they've done a lot of expansion. Like even in that open, but still, as he's getting on ten, I go. It's I know Hollywood that exact. Magic. I know that exact spot, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and I go, it ain't like that this day, no. you know. So, no, I, I would say it's Hollywood magic to cut time because otherwise you spend a lot of time with him sitting in his car, <laughs> listening to music like in bumper to bumper traffic. <laughs> Just, hey, at least he got Marvin Gaye. Exactly. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. <laughs> After his driving exploits and his suit exploits, we get our first kind of bump in. There's not a big payoff because no. he, he's going home to get his suit. And there's a gentleman waiting for him, Chai. And he's the right-hand man of one of our main characters, Chalky, who's an yeah. underworld figure. Yeah. And he's waiting. He says, Chalky wants to see you. <laughs> this might be his second line. Yeah. He says, tell Chalky to kiss my black ass. Yeah. <laughs> and he walks in. And so we get a little friction. We get some yeah. tension. Chai, there's this back and forth between them that you think is going to pay off in a big like throwdown. It doesn't really come. Because he's a punching Chai in the stomach. Yeah, I mean it does. It, <laughs> it it's, it's just build build up, and you think, well, there's going to be the big, you know, Bruce Lee, Kareem Abdul Jabbar fight at the end, or something like that. Because this is also they try to mix in a little kung fu in this movie. Robert Hooks is not a kung fu artist. No, acting remarkable, kung fu. And Probably it's, not, his and it's not his fault. No. But they were, you know, he's doing some karate chops, and there's a couple kicks, and you go, ah, that guy's got about as much training as I do. No, Chai reminds me of someone who, where he thinks Mr. T is his nemesis. And then if you ask Mr. T, you'd probably say, who? Who? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're the same guys? It doesn't even register to him. Jason They're just so, underlings. So spot on. It's not a rivalry when one guy exactly. continually gets his butt handed to him, you know? He, you know what he is? He's the African-American Elisha Cook Jr. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where, where he's the tough guy, but it's like, no one sees you as getting, like the nemesis. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, whoever his boss is, is going to lose because yeah. this is the guy I'm trusting exactly. with, the, with my life. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Ch- You're right. That is great. I love that. So where Jimmy is, his office, we have some strange HQs for our heroes and villains in this movie. I kind of go, you know, Mr. T is cool. He's everything. But at the same time, he puts Jimmy in these bad spots yeah. where it's, it's like, dude, that seems to be his livelihood. Yeah. And you're sort of risking his whole livelihood and his life with your behavior. Well, but he does go there. I assume that he owns it because I, he has a private office there. My assumption is that it's in Jimmy's name only <laughs> and that the money is T's because he's able to run it. <laughs> I mean, you could be right. You could be right. We don't know. We don't know. So he goes there, and this is when we find out he's apparently a pool shark. Because yeah. there's, there's a young, you know, hot cue in town, yeah. and he wants to take him on. Texas Blood, who I, we think might be an actual... He, he's done nothing else. No. Do you have people like Robert Hooks, Ralph Waite, and Paul Winfield who had expansive careers? Yeah. And then if you go and look, there's a lot of people that this is it. Yeah. They don't exist in, in the movie industry. But this young hotshot comes in mm-hmm. and wants to take on. And this is how cool Mr. T is because this guy's got his fancy cue. 
And Mr. T just goes, hey, Jimmy, grab me a cue off the wall. <laughs> you don't have to be a pool shark to know that the ones on the wall are usually wonky and yes. kind of ju- junk. Mr. T is so cool, he can just take any old you know S-shaped cue yeah. <laughs> and take down a great pool player. And we find out he's a fixer. He's yeah. like a neighborhood fixer. He's he has a bunch of licenses. We'll go through like, <laughs> like a license for everything. I, did you write them down? I started I, I, to. I didn't. I, I wanted him to like to lay back in a, in his chair in his office and behind him see like multiple frame licenses <laughs> like from bartender to I think he can haul diamonds to private detective. <laughs> he does. No, that would be like an if Otis this was elevator police, operator. If this was police story. <laughs> yeah. Like that. If it was a Leslie Nielsen kind of. Yeah. <laughs> they're just the whole wall would just be licenses. Yeah, like these mean nothing to me. Yeah. I do have to say, Jimmy, this is a second music tie to this movie. The actor's name, he's truly a musician, it was Billy Henderson, who was a jazz musician. 1958, he came out. And somehow in the 70s, people started like, oh, well, why don't we put you in a movie too? With Marvin Gaye doing the soundtrack, and then Jimmy Henderson, a jazz person. It's a really interesting mix of people, like you said, cohort cast of consummate actors in Hollywood that you look at IMDb page and every single TV show during the seventies, you know, they were all in it. And then you have like these one bits like the Texas blood. The, well, uh, even the director. Yeah. The director is, is Ivan Dixon. Who's well, most well known for playing King Clo. Yep. From Hogan's hero. Hogan's heroes. Yeah. And, but he did a ton of directing, which yeah. again, I didn't know until I started researching this. I didn't know he did so much directing, lots of episodes. He did a, a couple of movies, Lots of episodes of shows. So, but yeah, Jim, Jimmy is kind of like the heart of the movie. Yes. I mean, he's a sweet guy. He he gets T, he tells T about, oh, these people are having a problem. Yeah. Their baby got hurt in this and they haven't been keeping up their apartment building. So, you know, boy, it's a shame. And T's like, he's a tough, tough guy, yeah. but he's like, you know, ah, I'm going to help these people yeah. out. <laughs> it's part of his moral compass. Like you can't, you don't mess around with kids. And don't mess with kids. No. Don't mess around with my people. And also another person comes up to him and says, Hey, my, my, you know, so-and-so he needs to get out of jail. He needs a bell. And, and so like you, you realize too, at this point that people come to T to solve problems. He's yes. a fixer. He's like a one man, a team. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. T. Exactly. There's like, when I thought about his name, I thought about, was it in the heat of the night with Mr. Tibbs? Yeah, they a. call me Mr. They T. They call yes. me Mr. T. And then I thought about the A team, Mr. T. Like he sits in the right in the middle yeah. of those of those two characters. And and during the whole pool thing, we get a lot of a lot of things going on. We get you get a lot of information, especially after you watch it a few times. You realize that pool scene contains a lot. You sort of find out about T. Also, we get our antagonists are introduced. Chalky, who's Paul Winfield, and Pete, who's the white guy, the honky. Yeah. John Walton Sr. <laughs> yes. They show up because they, they've got a proposition. And T, he's going to go do some work. So he says, you know, come with me. It's interesting because he play, he does two power plays in this. He says, hey, let Whitey sit in the back yeah. for once. So Pete gets in the back. Chalky's in the front. He goes, and when he gets out of the car, he tells Chalky, hey, drive around the block, and I'm going to go. He ends up making the power play where now it looks like Chalky is driving this guy around. Yeah. So, and I, that's not, that's not a mistake. That's not something that's, it's clearly like T is making a power play and he has to go sort this out, which is Gordon Jump from WKRP yeah, exactly. in Cincinnati. <laughs> he goes, threatens this guy's life basically yeah. to like help the people out. Jimmy told the secretary's outfit. <laughs> what? I was like, 
No dress code? <laughs> this was pre- what, kind of, what kind of property management firm were you running here? This was when assistants were secretaries. Exactly. You know, like, <laughs> probably some inappropriate yeah. pats going yeah. on. <laughs> so he gets back in the car. And also a power play, just the fact that he's like, I'm going to take care of my business first before I deal with it to you. And they basically are saying, we've come together. We run a underground kind of craps dice game gambling at certain locations of the city. And we're being constantly robbed lately. We don't know who's doing it. We'd like you to come in because you know everybody, kind of see what's going on. Maybe you can provide, solve our issue for us. At first, they try to negotiate with him. He's like, you know my fee. It's 10000 That's it. They finally agree. The next power play, he just drops them off at MacArthur Park. Nowadays, a lot of people are like, oh, well, they have their cell phones. They could call, you know, and get an Uber. But this is the 1970s. They know what has phones. They're going to have to walk somewhere and make a call. He puts them in a predicament where he's just pointed out because he does call them pimps. Yes. Yeah, he does think well, they're and, pretty low. And, and I think, yeah, he's, he thinks low of them. And especially, it's very clear, he thinks especially low of Chalky because he's working with the white yeah. criminal. But you're right, Jason, even in today's world, if you, if you <laughs> drop me off, I assume they're not a block away from Jimmy's. No. They're, they're like... <laughs> A ways, you know, they're quite a ways. So even today I'd go, that's a real jerk move. Even if you have Uber or Lyft or whatever, you go, you just dropped me off. You just really complicated my life. You're a jerk. You know, in terms of locales of LA, that he drops them off right at MacArthur Park, right catty corner to the business he stopped at, which is at the old historic Park Plaza Hotel, which is now called the MacArthur. So now we get, he visits Cleo, yes. his lady. She's a musician. One of many. Yeah, it, this one seems serious, though. Yes. Like, this seems like a relationship. And he's moving around with a lot of other ladies. She's lovely. She's going to go to Chicago. She's got a gig, but she's not going to go unless he goes. And he's like, man, I got business. Yeah. But, I, you know, you kind of got to love it that she goes, I've got a job. I'm only going to take it if you go with me. Cleo plays a reoccurring character. He does. She does play his main love interest, but it's quite clear he's not a one-woman man No. At all. No, there's too much tea to go around. Yeah, exactly. You know, and but he does it, what whatever the relationship is, he does kind of leave her hanging at the end. Yeah. It's not cool, no matter what your relationship is. It's kind of uncool at the end. He just has to bluff I'm, steam I'm after get, this case. I'm, get, I'm getting ahead of myself. But then we get the crap game, which you know something is is off immediately because they got a guy tied up to a chair. The first viewing, it's hard to figure out what's actually going on in this situation. It's a little complicated. Yeah. And, and I think Chalky and Pete just made this thing way too complicated. Yeah. They really overcomplicated this. Their big thing overall is that they want Big, another criminal kind of <laughs> leader. always a Mr. Big. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they want him out of the picture, and they want to take his territory. What they're going to do is use T as a patsy they're setting this all up as a patsy of causing this inter-gang rivalry and everything like that it comes quite clear later on when we discussed before and you point out chalky says t you're the only person the police would actually believe could actually do this and still be walking around so you you're gonna see a lot of shenanigans and setups that you're not sure why the first point but the big thing is like they want to take down Big, but they want to make it look like T is really responsible for this. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, if you know T, which yeah. Chalky does, it's, yeah. it's a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Even Chalky, I think and, in the back of his mind, he's like, I'm going down a path that if I don't pull the brakes soon, 
it's going to lead to my demise. Yes. <laughs> it goes back to the old thing where you go, keep your lies simple. These guys were, were just like, we're going to make this bowl of spaghetti that you have to connect the dots. And you're never going to do it. Because the, the crap game, they got a guy tied up. Yeah. T shows up. Everybody knows him. Hey, Mr. T. Yeah. Gonna, you know, yeah. He's like, I'm just going to throw some dice. <laughs> exactly. And you know, he probably would win. Yeah. <laughs> and it is. It's a bunch of dudes in like this nasty like apartment with yeah. these glaring lights. And they're just throwing dice against the wall. I, I don't get it. But of course, <laughs> it gets robbed. And the whole thing is what they had. The guy tied up. Abby Walsh. Abby who, Walsh. Who is a big. He works for big. And he has a double-breasted suit. Yeah. We know this because Chalky says, make sure the guy who's playing him in the robbery has a double-breasted suit. T's like Sherlock Holmes. He would notice that. He would go, huh, <laughs> that guy, a, a single-breasted suit, this man has a double-breasted yeah, suit. He, he knows fashion, so he'd pick it up. Boy, does he. <laughs> <laughs> These guys rob the craps game. They run out. Then they push Abby out into the hallway, and Chalky shoots him in the back. T runs in. He's like, oh, my God. Do you know who this is? Yeah. Well, first, he's, he's like, dude, yeah. basically, you know, you just killed the guy. He's like, we, that could have solved the whole thing, which to me, if T is so smart, like he immediately would smell. There's something rotten here. There is something way rotten. This whole thing is so poorly yeah, executed. Like, you and I are not criminals, but I think we could have done a better job than just shoving this poor guy out. Shoot them in the back. But he does. He, he, he goes, that's Abby Walsh. He's like, you've got a huge problem because this is Big's man. And then they go, oh, you help us. And he goes, nah, it's not my job. Yeah. And he turns. And again, this is another dig because when he walks up, Chai makes a, a comment yeah. about, you know, you won't talk to the guy. Now you do. He punches Chai in the gut yeah. and says, watch my car, exactly. which he told little kids, kids to, to do. do. Yeah. So, and now, so it's like, this is escalating. And then when he's, when he's getting ready to leave, he looks at Chai and he goes, you, you got, got janitors. Yeah. <laughs> and he's probably thinking, is that, isn't that their janitor? <laughs> like he has no, like I can imagine the whole time. Shy has like this shrine of like anti T pictures at his house. Like T and me are the biggest enemies. And, 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 and T's in bed with like a beautiful woman. Yeah. And, and he's, he's like, who's like, that janitor that works for Chalky? What's that guy's name again? You mean Chai? Yeah. No, I don't really drink Chai. I'm more yeah. of a coffee man. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a point of perspective right I, I, love so I love that <laughs> i love that t does pick up on something because all of a sudden he's like who's abby walsh been hanging out with and he goes to three areas he goes first to angel which also shows that he's kind of like our former president clinton he, like he likes all women regardless of age yes but but she's kind of she knows him she knows him because he's he's kind of laying it on and, and she's like ah eh, you know i'm i'm a little long in the tooth i'm i've been around too long to know that you're being sincere but i love it i i love the attention but I know you're just giving me. And, so, and then he goes to the right across from a sports arena and talks to another guy. And that and then, dude's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, hey, you want some tickets to tea? And he's got the cat. I mean, the style is great. And he's like straight out of like Starsky and Hutch. Yeah, exactly. He's like super cool dude. And he's like, man. And he wants to know, like, Abby Walsh, who, who's this guy hang out with? He works for Big. Who's he run with? Yeah. And would he do something like this? And then he goes to the he goes to the gym because there's always a gym because Jason and we really haven't touched on this. This is to me is a neo noir, all from the perspective not from crime but from outside the law. 
and T is your Sam Spade. He's your, you know, Philip Marlowe. Yeah, he's your, your Mike de- Hammer. The Mike <laughs> Private Hammer. Private detective. Exactly. Who he likes the ladies, has, likes fashion. <laughs> and somebody's trying to get over on him. Yeah. Like, it, he ends up, he gets hired for a job, and then it ends up someone's trying to get over on him, and he ends up on another job, yeah. which is basically clearing his name. Yeah. And in all of those film noirs, Films noir. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's <laughs> technically yeah, shouldn't be snooty, but that's it. That's it. Anyway, but in all of those, they go to a gym. Yes, where there's boxing because uh, boxing was a huge thing. I mean, box. There was a time when boxing was like the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. But they're always visiting a gym, so he goes there. Yeah, then, I, I mean, I distinctly remember from Kiss Me Deadly when Mike Hammer visited gym, and from that point on, I'm like, you know what, gyms in movies they typically, you know, outside of Rocky, they typically. <laughs> You know, there's a criminal element always associated with it. And when you think about it, boxing for you was rife. I mean, yeah. that the, the mafia was involved. I mean, there, it was just like constantly there was just so, so many shenanigans going on. But he goes and gets some info from this young boxer yeah. who's not in the life anymore. He's like, hey, I left that behind. But he's still, you know, he, he knows. Yeah. You just have to ask around. Dude, okay, police work doesn't move this fast no. today. In this short amount of time. Right. And this has been like one day, by the way. This is like one day in the so life. I'm thinking like, is it still the nighttime? <laughs> it's like, this is two days in the life of Mr. T. Yeah. You know, it's like all of this stuff happens quick, but the cops have so, they found Abby's body. They went, somebody just ran, some rando just called and said, hey, Mr. T killed that guy. Yeah. And yeah. hangs up and the cops go, that's what we're going to go with. Yeah. <laughs> that seems legit. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, the cops show up, and there's an older police officer and then a young buck, and he is being kind of nasty to T. The older cop kind of honestly puts him in his place. He's like, hey, if T says he doesn't have a gun, we're not going to pat him down. He doesn't have a gun. T kind of ignores the younger cop, and he goes, I'm going to talk to this guy first. Then I'll go with you. (laughs) And the older cop is, like, completely fine with it, which leads me to believe does have an on-off relationship with the police because he has a private. He does have a private detective's license, so he probably does solve crimes occasionally. But he's he has his own code when it comes to some other cases. He's a man of the people. Yeah, but you know that he is probably a guy the cops have come to before and said, "Hey, man, do yeah. you know anything like this is going on?" And he either says or he doesn't. You know, because he's T. But yeah. Yeah, you're right. He says, "Hold on." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, at one point, I think they, they somebody cuffs him, and he and he's like, "Whoa." <laughs> You're no cuff, Mr. T. Yeah, because <laughs> in, in no time in dealing with the police is he ever cuffed or is he ever like thinking that he can't get out of this situation. He never sweats it. No. I no. mean, yeah, because we go and we meet Captain Joe Marks. <laughs> which is a, probably a good time to just say this Manhattan, Hazy IPA. Hazy IPA. It hits the marks. Yeah. I was, you know, occasionally during this movie, if you find a good print and you see him driving around, when I think Hazy growing up in the 70s in the L.A. Basin... <laughs> There is a hazy sky even in this movie when he's driving around. And part of that car culture, that kind of added to this hazy sky look. People don't know even I think the first time I was here was the late 90s. And and it was even... Even then, it was so still, different now. But it, it was it, like people, back then. People talk about like the smog and everything. And I go, just from the first time I was here, I can't imagine what it was like. I remember, So in the 70s, end of 70s, I was in sixth grade. Fifth, fifth grade, and I remember we used to have smog alerts. People don't know what these are, but the sky would be brown. And it would basically say, oh, no PE activity, all activity inside your school. And that gives you a sense because you don't get those days anymore at all. No. But in this movie, like, it's funny because, you know, we're drinking hazy IPA, and I think of hazy skies. And <laughs> Exactly. Okay, there was this commercial. Of course, they don't show it anymore, but you remember the commercial where they would blow the cigarette smoke? 
through like a, a piece of cotton yes. to show, you know, and that's what it would look like. I oh, remember yeah. like at times seeing where it was, you, you could tell it when it was haze off the ocean, it was white, but if it had the yellow oh, tint, yeah. it was, that was the smog. Oh, yeah. And I've, I've seen it a couple times like that and it, it is gross. You kind of go, Ooh, that's not nice. <laughs> I think T's car added to that. But anyways, <laughs> wherever <it's> Mr. <laughs> T goes, there's just a bubble yeah. of just beautiful pure oxygen. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> On their can, they have, would you say that? Probably a seagull, right? That's my guess. Yeah. But it has kind of the orange yellow of a sunset. And that's kind of what the sky would look like sometimes it, on a regular basis. It's very simple. It's very simple. It actually kind of has the, the a design 70s is great. look. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's it, it has a 70s kind of vibe of like the orange is like very simple, like stripes, yeah. like I, minimalist. I don't know, but you see the red sun yeah. and it's going down over some hills. It's like just that quintessential Manhattan Beach, I guess, up here. I'm sticking to that. And Solano Beach is, I think it's north San Diego County. I think when you're driving down on the five. I'm guessing yes. And, and I think you hit it before you actually hit. I mean, you, you're through Carlsbad. I lived down there for so many years, and I still can't remember my geography. Eh, I'm getting old. Anyway, you know. Once I'm, again, thank you. I, yeah, thank, thank you guys. We, it, it was a great visit. Keep talking about doing like a little beer double date going and doing a little beer run. Got to do more of that. Yeah, I'm, we do. I'm out there doing the heavy lifting on the- <laughs> It's hard. It's not easy being me. I go to Manhattan Beach and I drink beer during the day. This is tough. This is tough, Jason. It's tough. We could do a Trouble Man beer tour. MacArthur Park. Any breweries around that area? No idea. Where's uh, MacArthur Park? I mean, west I'm, of downtown LA is the big lake that's west of downtown LA. Ah, uh, we could probably find something. Because in downtown LA, they are downtown LA, and there's some breweries in downtown LA. Oh yeah, yeah. There's yeah. Highland Park Brewery, which is at the very tip. Right yep. next to that Chinatown, Chinatown. Uh, Gold Line station. And uh, so. and then I think, is he up in the valley? I don't think. I, I, don't, I, don't, I thought he was up in the valley. I don't know. It looked to yeah. me at one point like he's driving up 405 in the beginning or not. I thought he was on the coast. He started through, on the coast yeah. and he goes on 10, but then it looked like, I, it looked to me like he was driving up that stretch of 405. You know, I'm going to take another look at it and see. I'd go back to this. Yeah, it's a good movie. Like on a rainy day and you want to put something on and you've seen it several times. It's just kind of a fun movie. I mean, here's the thing. If, if you're just kind of curious about like sort of LA, this is a good movie to watch yeah. because it does just give you these sort of shots all over the damn city yeah. starting at the coast and going inland if you're a fan of 70s fashion the winds are not in men's ties damn. <laughs> i mean between him and mr big mr big has some cool like i would love to have the suits that dude's wearing they are cool as hell man so no but marks gives him the hard sell he's yeah. kind of he's a tough white cop there's this almost underlying feeling of racism he goes mr t has nice suits nice car it's almost like you know a black guy i don't know what you do so you must be crooked there there is a little bit of that but at the same time he compares himself he says you know i'm a tough and tough person guy. and you know so i if i was if i wasn't a cop i'd probably be doing what you're doing and t just shows you know this is when he goes on like i've got a license to well, you notice he never, you never see him sitting down. You never see him lower than Mark's. He's always standing or he leans on Mark's desk. He's always setting himself higher than Mark's. Exactly. And, and I thought that was the interesting movie, filming that way. Throughout the movie, the only time he sits is in his throne, which is like at the pool hall mm. where the, the winner, the king, yeah. sits. And there's only two people we see in that chair. But that's the only time. And it's because he's higher up. But he is. He doesn't sit. 
He won't take the coffee. That's a big thing. Yeah. Like, Marx is really a coffee pusher. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> come on, guys. Like, this is Starbucks. <laughs> like, did he just invest in some coffee? And he's like, come on, try it. No, I'm but, bringing the whole pot in. <laughs> but yeah, he, he's like, you were fingered in this Abby Walsh murder. And he goes, man, you know I'm not dumb enough to do that. And he's like, yeah, but, you know, I think something's going on. Yeah. And then Marx has the inclination. He knows that T, uh, if anybody right. knows, yes. like T knows what's going on. And Marx is right. He's right. The thing is, throughout the movie, he is right, but he just can't prove it. He can't he's, prove he's it. He's like, I, I got gotcha, you, yeah. but I don't. Like, I know, you know that I know. But but yeah, and, and this is where T just goes off. Like, I've got a license to carry a gun. I got a license to bartend. I got a license for this. I got haul diamonds. <laughs> Which I guess you need a license to haul diamonds. I, I should probably, you know, stop hauling diamonds. But so, but then he. And, and what did he say? He, he insin- he's like with his private detective license, he's able to go to li- law, law library, and he s- apparently spends time in the law library. And he's like, "You can't hold me unless you charge me. So yeah. unless you charge me, I'm walking out that door." At one point, he goes, "Hey man, you better not have anyone follow me because yeah. that's illegal." I don't know if that's true. I don't, I don't have a law degree. I don't have but, a law degree. But if, I don't spend time in law library either. No. <laughs> <laughs> And I didn't know you needed a license. You can't just go to the library. I, there's some stuff I'm learning. I just feel like if you might be the, a suspect in a murder, they could follow you. I, mean, I don't think you can legally. I think it's illegal for the police to harass you as a citizen. But I don't think there's anything illegal with someone like I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna stay. I'm not gonna go on your property, but I can follow you. Yeah, we're, we yeah. we suspect you of being yeah. a murderer. Yeah. We're not lawyers. No, we're not, and that's not what we're here for. No, we're here to drink beer and talk, talk about B movies. <laughs> He walks out of the police station. What happens? What always happens. He walks out. There's two sort of menacing looking stylish dudes waiting for him. Mr. Biggs people. And T, of course, because he can master any situation. He goes, I ain't leaving my car. So I'm not going with you. They go, I'll ride with you. Don't try anything or I'll shoot you. And this is where you kind of get the karate thing. They arrive at Mr. Biggs, who works in a bowling alley. Yeah. Billard Hall, bowling alley. We're going to get to a laundromat in a theater. Everybody has... <laughs> A legit business front because <laughs> they work, they're all part of the syndicate. <laughs> so he gets there and he karate chops and beats him up, but he's like, you know, karate chopping and stuff. And then we meet Mr. Big, who's awesome. Is it, is it Julian Harris? Is that the actor? Julius Harris. So is- Julius Harris, I, I don't know how much you read, but that guy started as a bouncer in Chicago. If I had a place that needed a bouncer, I wouldn't mind having that guy sitting at the door because it's like, eh. You want to keep acting up, you deal with that dude. Because he's tough. He's bald. He's got a look that you're just like, sit down. And he's just kind of chuckling. Because T walks in, gets the drop on Preston, who's sort of his right-hand man. He's his chai, but he's cool. And he's all right. You know, Mr. Big is sitting in his office listening to a Marvin Gaye album. Yes. <laughs> and he stops and he just gets kind of a kick out. He's laughing because he's like, where are the two guys? He's like, I took care of them. Yeah. And he's just like, all right, T. And he's like, you killed Abby. So they have this little tete-a-tete, and Mr. T's like, you know, I didn't do this. And he's and you can tell that Mr. Big, he knows there's some shenanigans, yeah. and it's basically because Chalky is working with this Pete guy yeah. who's a shady honky. He says, listen, there's going to be gang war, so let me go and talk to Pete and Chalky. Let me go down to the commercial laundromat. <laughs> <laughs> we we got to meet. Yeah. We, we got to set up a meet. Yeah. And, and Big goes, they ain't going to come here, yeah. and I ain't going to go there. Yeah. 
So he's like, oh, Mr. T. Basically, Mr. T's like, I want this solved so I can get my money. Like, exactly. Like, like that's really all he cares about. It's $10,000. This, <laughs> this guy doesn't care that he's been implicated in a murder. Because yeah. he's like, that ain't a problem. He's like, the problem is I'm owed $10,000. Yeah. <laughs> so then he goes and meets Chalky and Pete. Which is it's telling because they meet at Pete's place. Yeah, which is Chalky, a commercial laundromat. <laughs> Chalky has kind of sold out. There's a racial component. And Chalky has sold out to work with this this honky. And Pete's kind of a crappy person. Yeah. Uh, it always cracks me up because we used to watch the Waltons. And, you know, and you watch him, like, Paul Walton, drop, <laughs> drop an in bomb. Yeah, exactly. It was like, oh, was harsh. Or seeing him dressed that way. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that was like John Walton Sr. And that he's was just being John, shady. John Boy's dad. <laughs> when Jane watched this with me and yeah. she liked it. But like, there's a point where he does. He drops the yeah. N word. I know. And, 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 like, oh. and, and yeah. And, and I'm not kidding. When he does it, Jane went. Oh, and I went, yeah, it's a harsh thing. You're just kind of like, ah, anyway, Chalk and Pete. Yeah, they said, listen, we're, we're not behind this, but yeah, we'll, we'll agree to meet. T leaves and then Chalk is like, shy, man. <laughs> Everything's going wrong because of Billy Shy. <laughs> and, and again, another moment where I went, oh, so Chalky is totally sold out because his right hand man, his main guy, he kicks him right under the bus. Yeah. They try to blame it on him. They said, hey, Billy Chai did it, did all this, and he, and then he skipped town. So now T's going, huh. Things aren't adding up. I'm going to put word out. Like, call. What's going on with Billy Shy? <laughs> did he leave town? He calls the boxing yeah. dude, Bobby. For 30 bucks, Bobby's going to give him the info. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Bobby ain't doing like, nothing for free. We're cool. We're yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> and you know it is. You know he's a man of his word. Yeah. He calls a lady that we never see again. No. She's just pretty lady that, you know. She Once again, it. you can tell they had a relationship. Well, because she keeps his favorite whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> or scotch. 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 He's a scotch man. He's, it's, that's a whiskey. Yeah. But, but he does. She, she goes, I'm keeping that around. Like, women just, they, they get with this guy, and then they go, I'm going to keep his favorite whiskey around. Well, isn't, isn't that part of, like, the Miller commercial when they had, like, the most, w- women want to be with him and men want to be him? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so T has arranged this meeting at Jimmy's. Yep. Like a neutral ground. So he goes, he shows up at Jimmy's and he's like, listen, close down early. He goes, Jimmy, you don't want to be here. Because Jimmy always wants to get involved. He's like, and well, he's, he wants he's, to help. He's a good friend. He's, a where he's like, listen, you can never touch this side of the business. So Jimmy, you just need to go. Jimmy goes around telling all these guys, yeah. you know, we're closed up. Hey, yeah, Jimmy, we, what the hell? We're playing games. And, and then he's like, well, T said we got to close. And some of the guys are like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We're done. We're out of here. Right to the door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and of course, Preston, Biggs so, man, yeah. shows up. And he's kind of throwing his weight around. He's like, I'm going to play because T has his own pool table. And he's like, I'm playing on this table. He's like, I'm not leaving. And Jimmy doesn't realize it. Who this person is. So then T comes out and they have their little moment where he goes, hey, man, we got no beef. You know, you're a good man. I can tell you're a good man. We got nothing. So, and he and Preston kind of hit it off. You can tell these are buds. Like in a different time, in a different world, they'd probably share a beer. Exactly. Much like we do. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Preston has him pull down all the shades. Big is going to arrive by cab. Big arrives and is waiting there. He kind of sits in... T's throne. He like does. The, this the... is the king. He's like, he's like, this is the king's throne. Mind if I sit here? And, he, and T's like, uh, this once. You know, it's like basically, uh, okay, you know, there's a respect here because he had been there. He used to hang out at this place. And Big said, I've been asking around and I, you know, I know you didn't do this. Something's going on. Something is shady. And then the police kind of show up. And at first you're like, what is going on here? 
Yeah, that's totally shady. It's, I mean, it is because they end up, they kill big. They take all the dudes away. They leave T and they murder big. And then T, the Coke machine that we've been really accustomed to now, he's, he goes, What's that rule once you show a Coke machine at the beginning <laughs> of the movie? You got to show it at the end of the movie. Cheers, cheers to that. That's awesome. That's great. There's a gun hidden in there. It's a great little yeah. workaround that he finds because he basically makes it look like big was shooting at him. Because Big is dead. And he, and he basically apologizes. He's like, I'm sorry, man. I got to do this. I'm setting you up. But he's like, I need this more than you do right now. So he sets it up. The cops come. They go. Well, because T calls the cops. He's like, listen, I just had a shootout with Big. It's awesome. <laughs> Show up here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Marks comes in. He, and he looks at the situation. And he goes, this stinks. Yeah. <laughs> and he's so on. Yeah. But he's like, he, he goes, so you're saying Big came here tried to kill you and you killed him in self-defense and and he goes yep and he goes i think that's a bunch of crap but you're gonna get away with it and he goes he goes "Eh." but i'm still gonna run you through the ring i'm gonna arrest you anyways yeah and that's what i think that's where he gets cuffed yeah i'm just gonna get a bit of satisfaction and t's just like meh i don't sweat t gets hauled down to a police station real i think it's a funny scene because mark's like why didn't you call yourself a highfalutin lawyer and he's like because you really have nothing on me. He goes, yeah. why spend the money? Exactly. <laughs> because he does have to let T go. He does. I'm surprised he didn't say, well, I've got a license to practice law, so I'm my own attorney. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. T returns to the pool hall, and he says, listen, Jimmy, you got to leave town. Things are going to go down. He also calls Cleo and he goes, listen, um, Jimmy's pack gonna your bags. You. Jimmy's going to go there. You guys find a place to go. And he basically says, pack your bag, baby. You're going out of town. And it just hangs up. Like, she has no word in it. <laughs> just boom. Done. Jason, if Mr. T called you and said, pack your bags, baby. Yeah. I'm <laughs> you're packing. You're probably going to go. gone. My bags are packed, man. <laughs> <laughs> but great. And this is where, like, you see there's a, a real difference in what Chalky knows and what Pete knows. Because we start seeing Chalky, and Paul Winfield's great. Yeah. He's just, he's a fantastic Those sunglasses guy. are so, so <laughs> funny looking that he's wearing. <laughs> but he's getting nervous. Oh, yeah. Chalky's he, getting nervous. He goes, whoa, they're getting, he he just got out. Pete is just all laid back saying, man, it doesn't matter. We're going to take Big's business. We're going to, the money's just going to start rolling in. And Chalky's all, dude, man, we, this isn't good. And he's even wiping his brow. Yeah. He's sweaty and he's super nervous. He says, um, we're going to some Billy, Billy Shy after tea. Billy Chai's like, yeah. let me do it. And he's yeah. like, I want to get him. <laughs> and the whole time, you know, probably Misty's like, who was that guy again? <laughs> mm, you look familiar. <laughs> Did we play pool at one time? <laughs> I love to think of you sitting there watching the movie. Yeah. And just kind of like, who was that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my name's Billy Chai. Exactly. I'm your nemesis. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> I've got some nemesis. Yeah. Like, you are not one no. of them. He goes, aren't you the janitor that works for Chalky in that You're building? The, oh, I know you. You pick up my suits. Exactly. <laughs> no! So, but Shy, they decide to go and kidnap Jimmy first. During this time period, T shows up at Cleo's like, hey, you're getting packed. He gives her a roll of money. And says, why isn't Jimmy here? And then Jimmy calls from the hospital that it looked like at first they were going to kidnap him, but it looked like their intent was to kill him. But the police showed up, so he just got beat up. I'm glad he didn't die. He is the heart of the movie. You're right. The first time I saw it, I was, man. And I got kind of angry at T because I went, you put this guy in that position. That's not cool. But, you know, hey, to Jimmy. To Jimmy. Well, little toast with the uh, Manhattan Beach Hazy IPA. They didn't have them back then. No. I don't think the Hazy IPA was... 
an actual thing. I mean, IPAs have been around for a long time. IPAs have. The New England hazy IPA yeah. thing is a newer invention. I like this beer. Huh? It's I'm good. a big fan. Culture Brewing, thank you. Ah, I always support your local brewery, guys. Yeah, absolutely. We're getting to the end here. Oh, yeah. We're leading up to the, the and climax. And Chalky's getting more and more wound up yeah. because Pete just is oblivious yeah. to who he's dealing with. And Chalky says, tea has one edge. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> what you see T do is he has a relationship with the police records sergeant. Because no doubt, as a private detective, he needs to go and look at records. He has a license. So he can go down there. And this, <laughs> this sergeant is the Sergeant ni- Kepler. Nicest guy in the world. And I think he's... No one comes to records except for T, so he's always looking for someone to talk to. <laughs> and he's just, yeah, he is just that lonely guy. Lonely guy. Just likes talk. He's got information. Nice yeah. nice guy. He goes, I'm looking for Vladimir. Uh, T asks, like, Vladimir Wazinski? <laughs> yeah. Well, Jason, in this, I got to be honest, this, this, it's kind of fun, but this makes no sense. It is really, like, T is sort of taking a huge risk here because he goes in. To the evidence locker and steals back his gun. Two guns. Two guns. Is, is it his gun? Do we, well, are we going to assume it's his gun? Well, I think because originally Mark said, hey, listen, we're going to test your gun. But they tested it in like five minutes. Yeah. They, <laughs> they, you know, they did all the testing. Like they check his car. They're like, hey, his car is clean. Like in the time he's talking to him, hey, his car is clean. Then they check his gun. But he takes his gun. So yeah. his gun is not in evidence. Well, see, because I'm assuming then what he, he wanted to get that evidence locker for... Re- he had a plan. He wanted to get there for a reason, so he knew that there was weapons in there for something. Yes. And he was in and out, so I'm assuming that his one gun was still sitting there. But, okay, this was my thinking. But it was overcomplicated. It was way overcomplicated. Yeah. First of all, he takes two guns, and I did. I went back and forth, and I ended up... I just went... I went to that <laughs> scene. He takes two guns. My thinking at first was he's taking the guns from evidence because... You're not really going to be looking for those. You go, oh, we w- these are already in evidence. We're not going to be comparing them to something we already have. Exactly. You would never think. Particularly since he's going to put it back at the end. Exactly. <laughs> so, but then he leaves one of the guns on Chalky's desk. So I don't get what yeah. all of that means. It's overcomplicating the plot a little here. I, I think it, the and, writer and, and intended no, something. But yeah. It, and, no, it, and no matter what, if they do end up finding it, the gun and tracing it or whatever. They go, wait, this was an evidence. Who was down there? Yeah. Mr. T. Yeah. It's like he's putting himself <laughs> at great risk doing all this. But yeah, he goes, sneaks two guns. Then he goes to a theater. Well, because that's Chalky's. It's act. Chalky's. But Jason, he finds, he goes into the bowels of this theater, and there's apparently a dumb waiter. Well, I think he has an Otis elevator license as well. <laughs> that's, no, he, he, has an, he must have an elevator license because he knows a lot about elevators. Here. But no, he finds this weird dumb waiter in the, moves stuff out of the way. Like this, it's, it's awesome, but it also is just defies logic. And I think that... Chalky's business. It's the United RS Theater, which is now the part of the Ace Hotel. Did we not see Top Gun in that theater? We did. Because I'm the, like, that looks it familiar. An, it was an anniversary. Yep, exactly. Yeah, anniversary release. They had the car. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, but he he works his dumb waiter up. I call it. It's con- a really convoluted plot uh, right now. <laughs> I, I, I call it kind of karate. Yeah. <laughs> because he, he lures these guys in and yeah. just like fights them. And he's like, fly. Robert Hooks like flies through the air sometimes. <laughs> he like, does. flies through the air. It does. <laughs> it looks like anime. He's like, boom. <laughs> and then Chalky shows back up. He comes in with his guys. He goes, hey, he tells the security guard who's really bad at his job. He's like, he's like don't let anybody in. Like, okay. 
and they go up. T gets the drop on him and says, and this is great, because T is a man of honor. He gets Chalky, and, and Chalky's all just nervous, yeah. like, oh, this was all Pete's idea. And he's like, man, first of all, you do that, you sell out to the, the white man like that. But then he's like, Pete, why would Pete think of this? Why would Pete even Pete know Pete doesn't me? even know me. Yeah. yeah. He's like, clearly Pete doesn't know this guy. Chalky offers him $30,000. And T says, no, you owe me 10000 That's what we agreed on. And five hundred for the suit I ruined getting up here, which is just awesome. It's 1972, a $500 suit. That's a good suit. Oh, yeah. I'm guessing. That's a lot of money. That is. So, and then Chai comes in. This is the big payoff. It really doesn't. They start shooting, and then he shoots Chai. And well, 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 first of all, T pushes Chalky in front, <laughs> yeah. and Chalky takes a bunch of bullets from Billy. Because Billy Chai is not really good with his aim. <laughs> <laughs> they, like they're about T. as close as we are exactly there's a lot of close shooting in this movie and, and t hides himself behind yeah. just a like an art deco chair yeah. <laughs> and he takes out nothing yeah. <laughs> so yeah he, he kills jockey and then the phone rings and he answers and it's pete and he goes now i'm coming to get your honky ass <laughs> that's awesome i Which imagine does, billy shy's last words were like i'm glad it was you t and t's like who are you <laughs> You are a uh, star. Girl! Billy Chai! He with that on his breath. <laughs> I don't know a Billy Chai. Who's that? <laughs> never met in my entire life. I've never met a Billy Chai. So he's going to Century City. Avenue of the Stars. Yes. I know that area well. He sneaks around for a while. And then he finally, he gets in and manipulates the elevators because he's got the elevator license. He's got the Otis elevator license. Yeah. And it's pretty great because these guys are, they're waiting and, and they're like, what the heck's going on? <laughs> the elevators start opening. And then he just comes flying out, yeah. and like kicks one guy into another elevator and they do some karate. They get up there and here, like Pete's right hand man is this guy. He does like the old school. He's always throughout the movie. You see this guy and he's like doing the, Hey, what's going on? Yeah, like, exactly. Like adjusting his jacket yeah. kind of thing. Like, Oh, forget about, you know, he's a, he's a forget about a guy. He's like, Oh, okay. I'm going to adjust my jacket. You know what I'm saying? He he's doing that the whole time. He even walks out and he's like, Oh, whoa. Hey, it's Mr. T over here. <laughs> T grabs him and he's like, you know, we're going to go find yeah. Pete. And he just starts shooting people. It's like a video game. He's like up on the top of a building. And it's great because at one point, T even says, he's like, he says, well, whatever you want to say about this, Pete, you know, the man sure knows how to live because he's, <laughs> he is, he's in like a penthouse House. in Century City on Avenue of Stars. And it's a, it's this really tricked out, great apartment. I, I didn't really know people lived there. I always think of like Century City as like banking. Banking <laughs> and, where all the talent agencies shopping. are. I, I don't think of people living there, no. but this guy's got a place. So, and then he, of course, he ends up getting cornering Pete. Pete kills his guy. He's like, hey, forget about yeah. it. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> and then he tricks, tricks Pete. That scene where Pete dies in front of all those mirrors, uh, I saw a mention that. What is that film noir? Is it Shanghai? Well, the lady from Shanghai. The lady Shanghai. That there's a scene like that right out of Lady of Shanghai. Oh, if you haven't seen that, that movie is so good. But yeah, there is. It's in a house of mirrors. Is Orson Welles in that movie? Yeah, it's one of the most classic, like film, not just film noir, but film shots because it's all these angles. But yeah, he jumps in and it's great because again, Robert Hooks is no, you know, Bruce Lee. <laughs> he he kind of jumps in like I would and kicks a lamp over. <laughs> Shoots Pete once again, really close shooting. Like really close, where and, and everyone misses. Like where we are team. right now, yeah. Jason and I would be shooting <laughs> like, at each other and, and missing. Yeah. <laughs> I have no 
no control of my aim. <laughs> but he's now he's got a now he's got a thing. He's got to go back and return. Which I do wonder what was his plan if the woman wasn't there. Like what would he have done to get the gun back? Well, you know he has T power. So <laughs> he oh he does because he goes in and of course now Sergeant Kepler in the records room. I want to stop you there because. After killing Pete, you could have easily ended the movie and him driving away. But the writer of this movie wanted to tie that knot up saying, oh, T's never going to get touched. So he's going to go back to the evidence room and drop. And like, you honestly didn't need that next scene. He could have just walked off, got in his car and drove off in the night with the Avenue of Stars with all those lights. And it would have been another good bookend. This oh. next scene, I always thought, the multiple times I watched it, like, oh, I feel like something was cut. Yeah, like, like you the, didn't really need that scene. We don't get an explanation. Yeah. He, he's like, well, we got to have him return the gun. And it's like, why? But also, you have, then you have the bookend of beautiful woman. Yep. This man, he drives off. First, he's leaving a beautiful the woman. Wood. Now, he's, he's driving picking off. off a beautiful woman. Because he does. He goes back. Sergeant Kepler has the assistant that he's been wanting. Yeah. And she's <laughs> a beautiful woman. And he goes back. He says, hey, babe, would you help me distract him? And she only probably just got this job because just a couple days before, even hours before, <laughs> Kepler said, like, I don't, ha- I don't have an assistant. Somebody left. Yeah. And, and, well, he even remarks about how she's sort of temporary. Yeah. They just sent her down <laughs> to help me out. And T says, hey, help me out here. Distract him. He returns the gun. Then he comes out. And he, and he says, when do you get off? And, and she's like, ah, when do, basically, when do you want me? Yeah. And it's he like, goes, let's go. And they leave. And Kepler, his re- his reaction is basically like, damn, that Mr. T, he's got something. It's a, it, like, he's Elvis. <laughs> it reminded me of, like, putting a comic ending to a movie that didn't need it. You could have had Pete have a Girl Friday or someone there, and, and she's like, well, what do I do now? And he's like, why don't you head home with me? And you could have ended that scene with the same thing. But they did this comic element where I'm like, okay, they wanted to bookend it with another beautiful one, but... That final scene is the only one I'm like, eh, you know. I, I, I'm with you. I, I don't know if I feel that strongly. Yeah. I, I'm kind of okay with it because it, it just... cannot stand that scene. <laughs> <laughs> it it kind of works for me. And then, and then of course, you, you know, they get in the car and, and he goes, hey, I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm Mr. T. And she goes, I know who you yeah. are. And they drive off. And that's it. Yeah, that's the end. So... I guess we, we kind of covered it, but would you recommend this? I would. Would you, would you watch Th- it again? This was, the, this was the first, I'd never heard of this movie before. And it's funny because we did Black Samurai in our episode with Jim Kelly, which was a later black exploitation movie where it came, I think that was like 77 or something. And he like actually knows karate. And he knows karate. And I was struck by the cast, the score. It, it's a very LA movie. I watched several times. I'll watch it again. It's a not like... We've had a lot of rains lately <laughs> this, we, in the we Southland. Have, we have had a ton and, of rain. And I've watched this on a rainy day. It's it's a good, it's a good solid B movie. I mean, there's problems with it and everything like that. But that's not a perfect movie. It's but not, you know, not every movie. You know, no. dude, ninety nine percent of movies are but, not perfect. You but know? I think what what gives this a plus is the solid acting, the core cast. Even Joe Mix, the captain, solid long-term actor. Like really there good. is good acting throughout this. From Robert Robert, Robert Hooks is is just he can carry a movie. He can't, and that's like, why you the whole see time. that that whole thing. You you see in, in him. I'm like, that's a leading man. Like that's what you think of when you think, oh, I need a leading man. That's a dude. After several viewings, I'm like, why did this as a franchise never take off? 
because I thought it was easy to take that character. And it, and it could have been Robert Hooks like, you know what? I don't want to play that character. I mean, it could have been a whole slew of things. But, but the thing is, it wasn't a huge hit when it yeah, came Yeah, no, it wasn't. It is interesting because it's like, if, if you're thinking about like, okay, we're going to do a poster. Yeah. It's like, hey, you could put from the people who brought you Shaft. Yeah. You, you can put that on there. And Marvin Gaye. Yeah. This is 1972. Marvin Gaye yeah. was about at the height of his power. Why this wasn't a huge hit. It wasn't a big hit. Yeah. When it came out. So th- any ideas of a, you know, hey, we're going to do a franchise, we're probably scuttled because they went, we sunk money into this, it didn't work. Yeah. So for whatever, you know, it's, you never know, you just, you the gear doesn't quite hit at that moment. Yeah. And, and we have the power of like looking back at history now and saying, hey, like why, they remade Shaft with Samuel Jackson. Yeah. And like, why not remake this movie? Like, I, I don't need to see another Shaft movie. But th- this could have been easily remade now. Well, it's what I always say, it's, it, or, and I'm not the only one to say this, but it's like, don't remake successful movies. Yeah. Remake movies that, you know, didn't work. I don't need to see Charlie's Angels again, you know? I, no, I that was I, a successful franchise. Yeah, I don't need to see, like, the upteenth version of Terminator. But no, to see but something like this, which I'd never heard because about. Because Robert Hooks is still alive. Yeah. You know, so it'd be, it'd be kind of cool to have yeah. O'Shea Jackson yeah. as Trouble Man <laughs> and then have, you know... Robert Hooks. He could play Jimmy, because he's a lot, he's an older man now. <laughs> he, yeah. I mean, it would be great. No, because this is cool. He's he's great. He is. The the character is it's a it's a fun little plot. You're kind of you're you're going, what the hell's going on yeah. here? There's a, you know, there's there's a little political, you know, tension going on with the racial dynamic, which all you know, the black exploitation movies all had. Yeah. It's a fun movie. It's a well shot movie. The score is like the score's great. We're not gonna do a movie with a better score. Yeah. So Manhattan Beach Hazy IPA. Excellent. Hell yeah, I'd recommend this. <laughs> Culture Brewing, thank you guys. Again, you know, it's the movie starts on the coast, yeah. and we're on the coast here in Manhattan Beach. Yeah, and we're we're on the coast here on the west side. Exactly. Discussing this. And cheers, like, buddy. Cheers, and you can visit them not only at their Manhattan Beach tap house, but actually at their Solana Beach exactly. uh, brewery. The Solana Beach, and um, their stuff, I do see it. You can find it. In certain liquor stores Excellent. in the LA area, so it's like you don't have to go there. Keep your eye out. Um, I picked it up. They did. Um, they've done a couple of beers. That, that's kind of where it all started. Was somebody I, I put one of the beers on our Instagram. They liked it, and I went, "Hey, would you guys be interested?" And they're like, "Yep, sure." So I think that about wraps this one up, buddy. That does. This is Beer and B Movies. I'm Jason, and I'm Michael. <laughs>